A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. <laughs> Alright everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Bob D, the Dead Pole Hitter. You can always find me on Twitter, at Dead Pole Hitter, and the Pole Hitter Pod, at Pole Hitter Pod. And don't forget to catch me co-hosting the Launch Angle Podcast as well. And come join the Pole Hitter Patreon. We're over there for five bucks a month. You get a whole bunch of content for the year. And come check it out. Join the Discord. Got a lot of great discussion going on in there. Today's episode with my buddy Dom at Bullpen Guru on Twitter. We get into the fab movement from the NFPC main event. This weekend, we talk a little bit about Uri Perez. We go through our process and our ads and drops of the week. We go through a little bit of a drop discussion and how we process those moves and when we look to hold the player, went the right time to stash an injured player, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, we get into the, you know, pretty much the common pickups of the week. The popular pickups we also get talk about some of the drop players and we also do our little watch list wednesday is our new segment which in the second half of the pod we'll look to next week's schedule kind of look at the teams that have a decent amount of games some teams that we might be able to stream from and we also get into a player watch as well we put some guys that are going to be probably fab this weekend and kind of go through what we might think they go for and kind of player comps and some other Key ads we feel like will be under the radar kind of players that you can help your fantasy team this year. So hope you enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Pull Hitter, here again with Dom, the bullpen guru, and we're going to go through player movement in the NFBC main event from this weekend and look ahead to next week a little bit as well. Dom, how you doing tonight? I'm good, Rob. How you going? How you doing? Doing well, man. Uh, Mets had a wonderful victory. Yeah, yep. the kids, the kids, man. It's just so cool to see them giving them a shot to produce and vientos uh i think will give him a nice little shot in the arm today he 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 started and Beatty went to the bench at third um yeah i i think they'll float that around a little more with with some vientos playing dh as well um yeah and eventually too if he just stays too hot i think he'll have to cut into bogle box opportunities every now and then i don't know if you feel the same way yeah i was i was actually thinking that they might I was wondering if they were going to DFA Vogelbach. Um, I just think, you know, between him and Fam, I think like their days are kind of numbered. Um, you know, they're kind of 
their their bench is pretty short too. Like they sent Giorme down. They don't really have a backup like infielder, I guess. Mm-hmm. Escobar kind of fills that role now and they're just going to pl- they're going to use him as an infielder, but uh they're kind of n- not really balanced, but uh yeah, it was a good win. Um I don't love seeing Beatty going to the bench I know. just because they faced a lefty, so I hope that's not the case. I hope they're just like giving him a day and uh you know yeah because i think vientos should be probably like th a lot of time um that's what i would like to see at least so yeah i think that's gonna happen i i think it was just a day i think some days maybe they'll give him a rest versus lefties like have like they have been he hasn't playing against all lefties but he's getting a rest every now and then um yeah. but it's exciting how was fab this weekend though was that exciting at all for you uh it's like so long ago at this point. Um, yeah, no, it was it was exciting. It was exciting. I think, uh, you know, I think I avoided the. Uh, I didn't avoid the Yuri Perez sweepstakes, but I just came in knowing that I wasn't going to be getting him. I had, you know, I think like eighty eighty five dollars on him. So um, I kind of knew right off the bat I wasn't going to be shopping in the high end stores this weekend. So I kind of, um, you know honed in on where I wanted to focus. Um, so, you know, I think, I think you and I had similar thoughts in terms of, uh, you know, what we were looking for and what price range we were looking for. So, um, you know, at least for me, um, with how like Sunday went, um, it just felt like there, you know, saves is an area where I've been looking all year. Um, and it just seemed like a lot of save speculation options opened up on Sunday night. Um, so it kind of changed how I was, you know, targeting. Um, you know, I, I think I came into the weekend really wanting to get Gregory Soto. I lost um, Alvarado in one league. So I was really going to put a hefty bid on Soto. And then, you know, we saw the Rice Alaglacius meltdown on Sunday. We saw the AJ Puck mm-hmm. injury on Sunday. We saw Miguel Castro um, get a save over the weekend as well. And then Soto got a save in uh, Coors Field. So just felt like there was a lot of um, a lot of options out there on the wire. So, you know, I and I was kind of interested in, in all of them. So it allowed me to bring my bids down a little bit on closers. And then, um, yeah, then, then tried to stash away a, a young pitcher that I think might get a uh, shot soon, hopefully in, in DL hall. So, um, so yeah, so that was, I, I ended up with Nick Anderson, in both my mains, Gregory Soto in one of the two mains and then uh, Jared Schuster in one league and DL Hall in both of my mains. So prioritized Anderson, I, I guess, you know, prioritized Anderson and Hall. And then I also had a backup on Soto all in like the, the, you know, I got Anderson for 25 in both. I got Soto for 24. Um, so I was all shopping in that like $20 per, per player range and kind of, you know, I'll, I didn't, DL Hall I got for 19 and 17 in both of my mains. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I was happy with the result. Um, young pit, young starters and some relief pitching speculation. Nice. Um, yeah, with Yuri Perez, I mean, I definitely loved what I saw from him pitching. That wasn't a question. Um, it just was like a little bit of fun for me and, um, I guess a little bit of, you know, obviously you see, 
you see the video of like Alcantara and it's like, you know, um, you're a big leaguer for life now, you know? So like your brain is like, ah, you know, can they really send this kid down? Like it's, it's Alcantara is basically like a little brother, you know, like in yeah. some ways he, yeah. he like nurtured him and, and showed him the way. And it's like, are they really going to do that to like the best players, <laughs> like guy, you know? But on the other end, you're kind of like looking at it realistically and he's saying, you know, well, Trevor Rogers is coming back and well, what are they going to do with Cueto? And like, not that Cueto should factor into any rotation right now, but it's just what you have to go through, you know? And then I look like, just like the innings pitch thing was a little fishy, mm -hmm. but, you know, physically and on the mound, it was probably um, as good as I thought it was going to be. It, it was definitely no question with that. The stuff is just really, really awesome. And it just get that easy extension off the mound. It's just awesome. But um, I had a bid in which I was comfortable paying for, not a keep them honest bid, because <laughs> you're keeping nobody honest. <laughs> It's like I put in a one eighty. Keep them honest, bid. <laughs> like that, 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 that. No, that's a value that you you are comfortable. Like you're subconsciously trying. You're actively trying to get somebody if you're paying one eighty for them, no matter how much you think they're gonna go for. Otherwise, like right. paying a one eighty bid is actively trying to get somebody. <laughs> Through, yeah. through that process uh so yeah i was around like i think my highest was like 128 something like that um which was fine like i knew i in one league i thought it was possible because like you like like you like to dive into the total money spent in the league and my league um even though it was a main event league um it was it was an auction league, but I still thought like the like the amount that was left in the room would have brought it down to a spot where I had a shot, you know, like a real shot. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. But no, yeah, I I, I ended up dropping DL Hall in one league. It was just like a, a roster thing. Um I didn't want to do it really. Um I'm probably gonna regret doing it, but I really like I really needed to try to get some save. Mm -hmm. um sources onto the team and yeah while i don't know if gregory soto is going to be the guy i felt that if alvarado was out for continued length of time that he was just going to swap spots it was basically exactly. just going to be like he would get his leverage and they were still like they would use him versus the tough lefty pockets plus he was you know he was pitching really well um before yeah. tonight's game but so I wanted to try to capture that, and I guess part of it too was a recency bias to that whole profile for the Phillies, right? Hey, it worked with Alvarado, and you know, you kind of not like buy into that whole thing that it was going to follow that path. But I just felt it lined up for a good shot, good team, you know, like a good starter to get yeah. get the game to the pen enough that he get enough shots. Um, and I thought it could be a difference maker and not to say that, uh, you know, my pitching is, is fine. Uh, but, uh, it's definitely the strength of my team right now. The starting pitching, um, mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm like six in that league uh, with like 85 and a half points. Um, you know, John Posma is leading all my leagues and also all of his overall top teams are the leagues that I'm in with him. And he had like of course, yeah. $800 left to spend and that just gives me the worst feelings inside but um yeah <laughs> but uh so it was like starting pitching 
was the strength of my team. And I just say I really needed to capture some saves there. Um, so I'm 14th in the standings and saves. I have seven, but mm. like, you know, um, four, four saves uh, will bring me like, you know, four, four points. So, I I need you know I want to try to get I want to try to start getting those points so I don't know if Gregory yeah. Soto is gonna help get me there but I thought it was the right kind of move um, that I need to make for my team so I'm still have Hall though on on two teams so I'm uh I'm I'm happy with that but yeah okay. I'll, I'll, yeah I'm probably gonna try to get it back this week uh, but. What else did I do? I you know I got Soto in in two leagues, and I got the old Jake Berger. Um, yeah, it's a good price on him. I nice. was fucking shocked, man. Yeah. I gotta tell you the truth. I was really. I don't know really... what it is. I don't know what it is about these. Uh, I about these like kind of like I don't know, um, like nondescript like Chicago White Sox sluggers, but like. I've gotten burger for like $11 earlier this year. And I was stunned when I got him. Um, then he got hurt. And then I got Gavin sheets for a buck, like a couple weeks back. And I was, I was like shocked at that. Also, he was like the, you know, I just put a bunch of guys on a list for a dollar and he was the top guy and I got him. And I was like, I, I was not expecting him at all. And then, uh, you know, and now burger again came back and I feel like just kind of like under the radar. I don't know if it's just because like they started, they started uh, so poorly and like nobody's paying attention to them and you know, they're, they're all getting injured and, and things like that. And it's just like not an attractive team, but yeah, these, uh, these guys that they keep, uh, you know, bringing back or calling up or, or whatever, or just, you know, playing times opening up for them seem to be falling off people's radars, at least uh, in the limited um you know, visibility that I have when just looking at our, our two teams pickups. Yeah. I'm, I'm super happy with Gediman um, for 24. He, I didn't, I knew I was like really playing with fire there in, in terms of being able to like have a great chance of getting him. Um, need, needed the power severely in the league. I probably should have paid up yeah. a little more. Um, but Super happy to land him. Um, probably everyone knows that he his max EV is one eighteen two, but um, like the pull, uh, the pull data is really good. The, the exit velocity on fly balls is ninety nine percentile. It just re- hits really, really well. Hits mm-hmm. the ball hard, and I think that in this kind of environment where it's not going to hurt you in average, and he's just going to be a good power source. It was a good get. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. One guy did have no, I had no interest in, and he was actually so funny how you wrote this. Um, I laughed so hard of it that Luis Ortiz, because I kind of wrote the same thing in my notes today in the Patreon. Like he's more than a hundred percent owned if you believe that <laughs> that's possible. Yep. But yeah, fifty four league because there was uh, a fella who picked up the wrong Luis Ortiz. So um, multiple times, multiple, multiple times, <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> Yeah, including one of my leagues, I I didn't hate that. But yeah, I honestly, I didn't I didn't put two or two together until I was doing the article, and I was like, fifty Luis Ortiz was added fifty four times this week. I was like, how the fuck is that possible? You know, in a contest that only has fifty three leagues, and then I remembered that uh, Mike the Mouth 
was tweeting about how he picked up the wrong one. So, and I don't know, I, I didn't take the time to see if uh, anybody else did it as well. It's it's possible that he's not the only guy that did it. Um, so you know, tough, uh, tough look, but he owned yeah. it. So yeah, and I had no interest in Ortiz. I've really um. His fastball velo has taken a real big hit since he's came into the league. It's still very fast. Don't get me mm. wrong, but um, started out like throwing ninety nine last year on his first start, and yesterday he was down to uh, ninety seven. But it's flat, and he doesn't get good carry on it. And it's the slider is just like all like it's just out of the zone. So it's just if they don't if they don't reach, um, I don't know. I just didn't really. I didn't really like watching him. I didn't really like, he didn't really impress me too much. It just seemed like, and I knew he was going to be a big ad off of the, uh, because he pops on stuff plus. So just, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it's actually one of the reasons I actually look at it. Uh, the amount that I do is because it's like people will read Vlad's article to get the market trend mm -hmm. really for the pitchers too. You kind of just look at that right now because a lot of players are really factoring that in a lot and it's like a hot button item. So um, you can gain the market trend just by looking at that sometimes too for a pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, I, with, you know, at least in my leagues when I'm just looking at the wire, like there's really not even like a starting pitcher available that unless <laughs> you're like, you know, like if you go to the road wire grid and you like, click my leagues and you just yeah. like look at the thing like you know there's not many that aren't highlighted so it's like you know and for the prices that people are paying for like i get it if you want to just like pick up a guy that has shown good stuff previously and you know you know you can get him for you know 40 he went on average for 43 bucks this week so it's kind of like you know if you look at that that's like you know like eight Yuri Perez is so if, you know you pick up eight Luis Ortiz types over the course of the year as opposed to paying up for one mm -hmm. Yuri Perez you know mm -hmm. maybe one stick so um you know I, I don't hate the idea of just like you know trying to cycle through volume pitchers and hope that you kind of get some that stick so you know I get I get the ad um and uh you know maybe maybe you know he shows some of the some of the velocity and stuff that he uh he had initially last year toward you know i think it was like towards the end of the year right he he uh yeah yeah, yeah it was so, really good yeah um you mentioned the the my team rotowire thing and in is that the one one pick of like if like fantasy resources like the rotowire mm. starting grade like if you had the first pick dom and you had to pick one thing from like one site like one thing to use i mean it's definitely the thing i probably use the most i, mean, um, I know you That's know saying, so, like so it. yeah it would probably be it would probably be uh between like just on a daily basis having to like write up uh you know, relief pitcher specs, like the, what I'm doing initially is, is going there and uh, looking at who's starting and who they're playing. And so, you know, just from, from what I do on a daily basis for, you know, reliever recon, and then, you know, looking at, you know, having the visibility for, you know, the next 14 days and, and using it for my own, you know, fab purposes and lineup setting purposes. Um, right. Yeah. It's probably, it's, you know, that, that, uh, that is definitely, 
We should have a, a fantasy resource tool draft. Oh mm. boy. <laughs> I yeah. I'd no, be down but the for my that. team feature too is great. Off season. Like, you know, that that whole my team thing is is meant to, yeah. It's just yeah. great to import your league, yeah. even for your dynasty leagues, and you could see James is like who's available um in your league too. It's just it's just so invaluable to be able to just merge that in there and yeah, like said, the pitching grid. It's good money. Um, yeah, and they and they just added a new feature I saw this week. I don't know if you've used it at all. Um, they are doing like lineup, um, like where guys are playing in the lineup. So in the past, they had um, you know, at bats, you could see like where guys have how many at bats they've had over the last three games, five games. Well, the like, playing time changes. Yeah, that, the playing yeah. time changes. Now there's like batting um position like changes and stuff like that or you can see where the guys have been batting um i haven't i haven't actually used it yet but uh oh batting batting order changes that's what it is um so yeah the depth chart yeah so if you go down to lineup so if you are on rotowire you go to lineups Mm. and there's batting order changes and you can kind of see their average lineup spot over the last five games 10 games 15 games and you can see how that's changed so and and you you can change the number of games to compare yeah and then you could filter out so it's like you can filter out um guys that are owned in you know your league or unknown so you know if a guy's moving up in their order you can kind of spot that so it's pretty it's pretty good mint yeah good stuff mint yeah wow i didn't really realize uh i didn't realize that was there yeah, it just came. I got an email about it. I think on like Monday or Tuesday this week. So, and they're like, it's a new feature. So, I like pretty, it. Pretty, pretty dynamite. A hundred percent. I would say it's very, very solid. Yeah, yeah, I always like looking at the that that playing time changes one. Um, this is really fantastic. Wow, just making a great site even better. That's yep. fantastic. Yeah. Well cool. worth the price of admission. Oh yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Who else did you um? Let's see, Ortiz was the highest bid on the number of bids, right? He was the highest, and Yuri. Yeah, highest, highest number of added. Um, then Yuri, Casey Schmidt, Dom Fletcher, um, Kyle Farmer, mm-hmm. Wandy Peralta, Gregory Soto, Mickey Moniak, Miguel Castro, Jared Schuster, Dylan Floro, Nick Anderson. So, you know, a bunch of the closer specs that we talked about. Um, Schmidt. Schmidt, Fletcher, and Moniak were all called up at various points last week. Um, you know, I guess Schmidt, I, I wasn't particularly interested in just because, um, like, I just the playing time there, I'm not convinced that he's gonna get a, a full run. So, um, and what you know. What he's providing, I'm not necessarily looking for in terms of, um, you know, I just, I don't think he has that much power. I don't think he has that much speed. So for me, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to target a player like that in fab for 50 some odd dollars on average. Um, Dom Fletcher, uh, same kind of thing. I, it's just, you know, those, the Arizona outfield is uh, there's a lot of bodies there, and he didn't strike me as somebody that um, needs to play every day and stick there. Like I think he's he's running, he's playing well right now, but I don't 
know if he's going to stick long-term and for 45 bucks, I think you need him to stick long-term to make it worth it. Cause you know, I don't, I don't think the profile is a particularly like, you know, speed one or power one. It just seems kind of like a good real life player, but not necessarily a, uh, roto um God. asset for me yeah. right yeah yeah no the like the more the more and more i dug in on him actually the more and more i kind of came back with like um i guess a little more impressed than i originally thought um especially after i read a couple of the write-ups on like baseball america um i really kind of like got a good sense that he actually for his stature and for um you know, uh, the hit tool that he can, he can access some, some hard hit stuff. Um, I guess there's just, I guess like the average has been very, very BABIP driven. Um, that's yeah. without a doubt, but I feel like, you know, with, with like run scoring environment being a little better with like the 80th percentile and average slightly going up, um, that you like, it's not bad to, like you're gonna need better average, and it's one of the reasons why uh, Joey Gallo, despite like mashing right now, I had him on my team. I was considering dropping at one point, but it's like I still need like the power, you know. Yeah. But it's also like that that other side of you know that the that the average is risen a little bit, so you have to take that into account. And I mean, I really. I mean, if he hits like a if he's a three hundred hitter, he's gonna mm. be an asset. It's just like how much yeah. is he gonna play? Is it really gonna be an everyday, you know, kind of player? And they do, you know, they do some funny things with their lineup sometimes. The I know Diamondbacks and yeah, um, you know, they'll run. They ran Alec Thomas out there the whole time, and it's like okay, and he's ten Jack McCarthy down. It's like okay, they're really gonna give McCar like this is a full run for Thomas, and then he starts, you know, getting a little less playing time. Um, and they send them down, so which is really wild. So, yeah. um, I mean, right? Yeah, it looks like they're giving him a full case right now to keep the job, and I guess it's not it's not a bad pickup. I just didn't have him for that much. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. Th that's that's what where I agree is like I, I don't think it's a bad pickup. I think the price of it is like tough for me to get behind. Like forty five bucks is like five. It's like almost five percent of your fab budget, and it's like I don't know. He seems like a I don't know twenty dollar guy maybe or or less. Like kind of a guy that you run while he's running hot, and then but you know maybe it's just me. I I didn't look at his pro you know profile it's just um or like his scouting profile or anything like that i was just kind of looking at um you know i guess i i got duped and i tend to do this where his he he crossed a couple of different levels last year um between double a AA and triple a so you know he played 30 games at double a and hit seven home runs and stole four bases and then he played 100 games at triple a and uh hit five home runs and stole five bases last year. So if you put it together and spread it over 160 games, he's like, you know, maybe like a 2015 type of guy with a good average, um, which that works. Um, 
So, you know, maybe I missed something there, but, uh, um, yeah, I guess, you know, we'll see. Um, Yeah, he's hit that. like, He's hit that WRC plus in the minors, like one forty seven at single A, one fifty two at double A, and then this year he had one thirty seven at triple A before he got yeah, called up. And like yeah. that, that obviously it's not going to be equal translation. But if he could be, if 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 it even drops down to fifteen percent above Mm. league average, like that, that's that's going to be yeah an everyday player. But yeah, yeah I, I was for like more of the fantasy. I looked at protections. I looked. Um, you know, and I was kind of like, okay, like this, yeah, I was like 12 bucks, maybe is where I was at 18, maybe a one league, one string line, but, um, and I would have been fine with that price. Um, maybe, maybe I would have been fine with 45 and I guess it's just the, where my team was at the moment and yeah, what I needed. And that's the thing. I took mostly power that I need from my teams too. So, um, I probably, if I needed this profile more, I probably would have, maybe entered that 40 buck range and not felt that bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the opposite where it's like, I have plenty of power and I need batting average. Like I have a lot of guys that are crushing home runs and not doing a whole lot else. And like, Mm. um, so he's, he maybe should have been a guy that, but I, I don't think I would have gotten to 45 bucks for him anyway, based on where I'm at. That's like 10% of my remaining budget. I just don't think I could do that. Cause I mean, you know, truthfully, like I, I, you know, you see this when guys go into slumps on this team, they have people wet, ready to go and kind of replace them and move them around and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, you know, I just, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't want that, um, that headache. So, um, but yeah, it's a lot of time to talk about Dom Fletcher. Uh, what are you going to do? Listen, you, just, <laughs> you have the same host name, so I'm trying to get yeah, Dom's true, love, true, you know? True. Yeah, spelled the same way too. So I'm trying to, I'm trying <laughs> um, another player on the list that I thought was kind of a little bit uh, taken aback by the actual prices was Mickey Moniak. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm actually like I kind of like him. The like the skill set. I thought that he made some changes in the minors that uh, this year, and also too like he had. He had a tough year too. Like he was hurt, got traded, you know, yeah, like cross country. And, yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, I think, I think there's, I think you have to take stock into that when you're looking at the overall numbers. But, um, the, I, and it's like the average might be a little bit of a train, but, um, the K percentage Harvard like was in like 24% range in the minors and his full seasons. He had some spots. Like it's a thing. If you put up, like, if you put it up, you'll probably see some 40 percenters in there, but it's really yeah. like small sample yeah. of, of, of uh data there. But I, I think if he can stay in that 25% range in the majors, I think it'll be pretty good. Cause he got the spout power. He's got the speed. Um, he's really got a, like maxi via one Oh nine five in the minors. He had a ball is even harder. Um, but the thing is, to me, which is why I was like around seven bucks to take a shot at it, was just like I didn't see the PT, you know, because they have Renfro, Trout, and Ward. And if he's just spelling them, to me, it's going to be hard to get him in the mm-hmm. games, you know. And I thought that some of the bids were really surprising to me to see them up in like the $30, $40 range because I think it's a good skill set to take a shot at but it's just i don't know where the actual pt is i know they have a full week this week 
They have a full week next week, I believe. Um, yeah, they do. So, and then it's a six-game week after that Memorial Day. So I don't know if they were just trying to, like, kind of get some rest in now and use them for, like, this decent stretch of games. And then, I don't know. Like, do you think he's going to find more PT than, than like, platooning? Or I, I don't – I mean, I don't – think so i mean if you look at what he if you, if you just look at his uh four days from saturday to tuesday he played left one day center one day sat one day and then played right one day yeah he spelled each one of the outfield exactly yeah. exactly and and then he sat today um First and yeah. and you know so i like I don't know, maybe Ward is going to get a little more time off. You know, Trout's going to get a day, you know, a day off a week, and then and maybe he'll DH a day. Um, it's just tough. Like, it, you know, maybe that day after Otani starts, they have him on the bench, and they'll put Trout at DH, and then they can play Moniac in center. Um, but, like, that, Renfro, yeah. Renfro is going to – like, I think – I mean, I have Renfro in uh, – and I think, like, I could be wrong. I think that might have been his first or second day off um, yeah. yesterday. So, like, he plays every day. Ward pretty much plays every day. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I agree. Like, the playing time for me, um, I, I don't see where that comes from. If anything, like, I don't know, maybe he eats into a little more of Ward's at-bats. Like, how long are, you know. I, I Ward hasn't really had a, a great year. He hasn't really done a ton. Um, so maybe they think that they could, you know, put Moniac in a little bit more for Ward and maybe he gives them a little bit more at the top of their lineup just from a like a speed standpoint than um good than Ward mm -hmm. might. Yeah, and, and I guess that's where I just would be a little surprised, I guess, that they would just try to make that decision so, you know, quickly. It's like, I, I, mean, I don't know, Ward definitely hasn't had that run that we saw at the end of the season that mm -hmm. Drew everyone to pick him. And we like a hot, hot item at, right. you know, when yeah. the draft season really got turned on. He was the guy that got one of the guys that got pushed off the board heavy. Um, yeah, I mean, he had, yeah, he doesn't strike out much. He walks. Um, hits the ball fairly hard. I, you know, I, I don't know what's got to do. Like his bat up is right in line. Usually, uh, maybe he needs to hit some more fly balls. Thirty-seven percent, forty-three on the ground. I don't know. Um, got to pull the ball, Taylor. That that that'll help you out. But um, yeah, I mean, if if that does happen, if he gets more time for Ward, that that would be interesting. And also, then I would would be a little wrong on that for sure. And that's probably where I missed, I guess, oh, I would miss if he does get that run. And Yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's just tough to, it's tough to see that, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you see him come up and play two days and, and he's leading off for them and you're kind of yeah. like excited about it. And it's like for 20 bucks, I mean, he went for 20 bucks on average. So it's like, all right, maybe I just got a, a power speed guy that's hitting lead off in front of Trout and Otani, you know, like for, for that price, if you need outfield help, if you need speed help, 
and you have the money, I think it's, you know, worth a shot. But yeah, I think, I think if you added him, you're going to want to, you know, give it a little bit of time to see what kind of playing time materializes because it's nothing is clear right now. You kind of need something to, to shake out and kind of change in terms of their lineup. Cause to me, it just felt like he was giving guys that hadn't gotten a day, a day consecutively. And like, so yeah, And we'll even see. if he is a like a platoon bat, maybe I have to adjust my thinking on how much I I because you know how much I don't want to have them on my team because it's just inconsistent PT. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, everyone's platooning, <laughs> and Yeah, I guess maybe exactly. at, at some point I might have to adjust how I look at you know okay a one like two games out of four or you know four games out of seven during the week and maybe adjust my eyes to what they're doing on a per paid parent basis and just see if that can kind of but then again it's always so hard to hedge on like oh i trust the skill set in four games rather than volume you know um Yeah. And I just, I really don't see a platoon opportunity there. Like, yeah. you know, like yep Renfro hits both handedness well. He's not going to platoon. Ward um, has actually struggled against lefties this year, but like that doesn't, that's not good for Moniak either. And so I, I just think like really his opportunity is when Trout needs a day, he'll go to center. When Otani gets a, day on the bench and trout dhs he'll go to center and then maybe he'll play one more day for ward a week so like maybe three days a week um so yeah it's gonna be tough to time Yep. Um, all right. We talked about Dom. We talked about Mickey. We like we're it's like we're, we're doing like a Goodfellas podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get let's get back on back and talk about a uh, uh, a baseball player here. Um, what about Dylan Floro? So I I was he wasn't available in any of my. Um, main event or Okay. auction league. He was available in an OC where me and um Ryan Venancio scooped him up and at our shared online championship twelve team. And um I guess I was uh it's so funny <laughs> like I guess because too I was doing the fab content, you know, for the Patreon. So I was trying to figure out in my head his value. So even though he wasn't available in my league, I was still trying to figure out like what I thought he was going to go for. And I think he kind of went around cheaper than what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, so for me personally, like, so he went for 64 on average, and I think um, that was, like, kind of what I was going to – I I actually – so I'm looking at my bid results, and I had him at 34 bucks, But that's because I, I kind of collectively brought all those relievers down when – I was like excited about Nick Anderson. I was excited obviously about Gregory Soto. And then I was excited about Floro with the AJ puck news. And I, I also had some money on Miguel Castro as well. So it was kind of like, you know, obviously I, I'd prefer Floro, but since there's four options, I just kind of told myself like this year, like don't fixate on one guy. If there are players with similar um, skill sets, Right. you know, just group them 
in a, a similar price range and just kind of be happy with whatever you get in terms of like, um, you know, it, like don't overpay for, you know, skills that are available because, you know, you pay 120 bucks for Dylan Floro and then, you know, the next day AJ Puck's, uh, you know, the news about AJ Puck is positive and he's throwing again. And then Right, it's like, fuck, right. you know, so it's kind of like, um, I, And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like where we're, I think we're just in the main event, we're so reactionary to any type of closer impact news. And for some reason it always seems to happen on Sunday. So it kind of just like changes the, the dynamic and you really just don't have time to like, think about it. You don't have time to allow news to come out. You don't have time to like, You know, just think like whether or not and it's just like kind of impulsive reactionary moves. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm there with you where like Nick Anderson just kind of like popped and became like my second most targeted reliever this week. And then Rysel Glacius is back to closing games out tonight. And, you know, Velo's looking a little better than it looked on Sunday. So it's kind of like um, that whole reacting um the stuff that's Yeah, happening um it's really kind such of a Sunday thing, right? It's yeah so it's 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 so amazing, and I you know the AJ Puck news at first was, I guess, too weird. I guess because all the news that had been so bad, we're like I guess that the first spot that our brain goes to is the worst possible scenario. yeah It's like, oh, AJ yeah Puck's done. He's out for yep the year. yep Nerve yep irritation. yep And then, like when I was thinking about it, um, when you just said it, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know. actually starting to throw now. I'm like, man, did they react too strong off that? I'm like, I have nerve irritation. Um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Do you, uh, can you, you think you can close out games for the Marlins? I know, no, 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 no. I could probably throw like maybe like eleven wiffle ball pitchers right now, max. Um, but no, um, maybe I reacted too strong to that in my feelings, like. how flourish should be valued, I guess. And plus Yeah. I know too, like he does struggle a little bit with the lefties and maybe Scott will get that pocket. But I guess just in terms of how much they closes usually go for when they have this opportunity, I thought I would have was gonna see some more. Um especially since there hasn't been much like closer turnover. Like you said, when there's so many guys available, you can kind of throw your dart at I, I really like Nick Anderson. I liked what he's been doing. recently um and i you know i especially like to like when i kind of looked at, at the relievers obviously i like to look at the game leverage index but then also like like to break it up into like small increments of like the last two weeks you know the last three weeks kind of see Yeah. a snapshot of the team um and i saw like he was definitely getting you know some higher leverage than minter had Mm -hmm. been getting in recent time but I thought that the news, I thought the reaction to him was a little strong considering what Iglesias like had just went through. And I thought that it was real reactionary off of, I don't know, 18 pitches that Iglesias threw um, Yeah. in terms of price, you know, um, Yeah. I think taking a stab at him for like seven, eight bucks would, would be decent, you know, because it's not Yeah. like, like the Soto or you know or or uh Castro where you've seen them in that spot you know so Mhm. you kind of like okay that the team is going to them um I don't know just a thought Mm yeah. I thought it was a little high 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and now I'm like I said, I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, I was. I think you know the aspect of the Braves being so like right singular, like closer focused, and the fact that um, you know he was hurt. Um, I don't think we've seen him throw back to back days, and it was like his second blow up in a row, and then the velo down as well. And I was just like, maybe he's still, maybe he's still hurt. Um, I'm just gonna prioritize him because like he's, he's like, you know, Michael King was last week where he went for like over a hundred bucks. Like he has those types of ratios, and he's on a team that is um you know linear path to saves they he, they really don't like mixing and matching so it's kind of and they're like one of the best teams in baseball so it's kind of just like perfect mix of like where i'll be willing to um you know and i thought 25 was like not a ton but you know now when you're down to like 400 bucks it is a sizable chunk of your fab so um but that was at least my logic on how i got there on on anderson but um no, that makes sense. No, Overreaction same, city. No, but the, the pathway to being the guy is, is, is definitely a big draw. And, you know, um, especially we see, because I know like some of the stuff, I, one of the things I've been looking at, because I had Minter early in the season, and I continuously looking at like, what's what's going on? And he got bad up to death yeah. early. And, yeah. and, and Strand rate was through the roof. Finished. He wasn't deserved of all the bad outcomes mm -hmm. he have sure so that's yeah. why i thought still in my mind too even on sunday when i was like looking into it i'm like wouldn't they just go back to minter you know mm -hmm. like too like that's still an option and he was added to in a bunch of leagues just uh the you know i can imagine some 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 owners like had them in a bed like next mm -hmm. to each other you know yeah. one guide and the other and kind of just trying to hedge that atlanta situation um yeah and i think i put that in the article too is like you know snicker is really like um uh like loyal to like minter even like you know minter like he you know last year he was very good but the year before he, he had a really bad year and uh snicker still kept giving him the ball in like in pressure spots and stuff like that so um he he is loyal to him so it's not it's not crazy to think that like even if Iglesias got hurt again, that um, that Minter wouldn't get save chances. So um, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. All right. You talked about. Um. I know you texted me that about Drew Rasmussen, and you kind of knew that was an easy drop for you. But I know you wanted to talk a little bit about drops. Um. Uh, before we got yeah. into the players that were dropped and have a little yeah. drop discussion. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, you know, it's Wednesday night. We've, t or so it's Thursday morning now. But, uh, you know, we, we've, there's been a bunch of pods covering guys that we're at and stuff like that. And we're always talking about how to add different, uh, different things to the podcast. And so, yeah, I thought a, a discussion on drops and, you know, because, you know, I think we talked about last week the, uh, the anatomy of a $400 bid and how you got there. And so this week, you know, I thought just talking about drops would be something good. Um, you know, for me, um, I've had uh, Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen in one league go down in one of my mains and uh, Robbie Ray in, in the other main. So, you know, for me, once the, the Rasmussen news hit, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I'm, he's going to be cut. Um, 
maybe it's because I've already, you know, had a guy with a flexor strain and saw what that ended up being. And, you know, as opposed to other people who are like, oh, well, like Rasmussen's on the 60 day IL, maybe he'll be back in two months. And like, um, whereas like I've already been, been down that road. So I'm just like, oh yeah, no, he's gone. Um, so, you know, I was, um, you know, I was just wondering like when, um, what goes into your thought process behind a cut? Because obviously, you know, Rasmussen himself wasn't cut in, in uh, every league this week. I think he's still owned in about 10 leagues. So, um, like, <clears throat> sorry, um, yeah, like, just I wanted to talk about just the drop decisions that you incur. Um, and then, you know, I thought it'd be useful to bring up a few guys who have had news over the last week or so that could impact um, a drop at or drop decision. Yeah, I really, you know, my first thing is I, I rerun the rest of season projections. Um, I do an aggregate of a couple of them and I put it into my SGP sheet and I'll basically look at my my players. And the first thing I'll do is just make sure that everyone's still holding some like rest of season values. And then the guys on the fringe who I'm not afraid of working in and out, I'll just try to see if there's anything better to stream up to. Um, and at this point right now, I'm already, you know, there's, I know it's still a long season ahead, but there's some, there's, there's some categories that have concern over, like I mentioned the power, um, things like that. And for like my OCs, which I'm mostly trying to play for the overall, you know, mm -hmm. I want to win the leagues, but it's mostly with an eye for that. Um, that's that's what I'm jotting down. Like what what I need. I have my percentage and the overall, and I'm just trying to chip away at those categories. Like right now, so it fluctuates in the leagues itself. But I, you know, obviously, if it's an injured player, that's that's easy for me. Um, especially if they're going to be out for a while, especially if they're a fringe player. I, I had Robbie Ray. That was an easy decision. Once you got the news, right? It was holding on, holding on. And once you got the news, it's pretty easy. This week, you know, I, we mentioned Pryor had, had a deal hall drop and that's something that I really uh, enjoyed doing because, but realistically, and that was before like Grayson's last, you know, bad start. And it's just, Kramer's pitching better. Bradish is pitching better. Uh, Wells is like unhittable some nights and I just didn't know what the path was to him to get back. And I don't know. I feel like I, I, I couldn't wait, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and they called up Cole, and they called up Cole, Cole Irvin too, who might just take Grayson's spot. So right. Right. it's, you know, the, the, the yeah. thought isn't crazy. And like, you know, the walk issues are, are still a thing for, for him. So, um, you know, it's uh, it made sense to me from a if you have more pressing needs like, it's not it's not easy to stash a guy. Um, you only got seven bench spots, right? So, yep. And um, so like I thought, and uh, and and my one main, I I dropped Kremer and I dropped Canning. So, um, and and Kremer did great off of Atlanta, the Rays, mm -hmm. um. But that was just I needed power, so that's why I picked up the burger. And you know, he was just uh just happened to be the guy that I was like just expendable. Like um Yeah. I I, I really was not gonna um roll him out for 
the two-step um just thought it was a little too you know risky at toronto and even though it was home versus la angels it's still you know you you run into those games with otani and trout like you saw versus grayson and that's just so and then i think his his next start is um was lined up to be i believe either at new york yankees or texas and i just Really didn't see my path to getting him in my lineup, so uh, that became the decision. Like that, just kind of looking at the overall schedule, because I think you have to kind of do that a little bit, you know. I think the spot you have to go to, especially with a guy that I really want to get rid of, but like, say, like, okay, like, when am I going to use him next? And just I don't know, you know. So, yeah. and Canning was a drop because, like, you know, I think some of the pitchers I like to stream into my lineup if I take a speculative look at is only so much I can give them rope to show me under the hood stuff, you know, the mm-hmm. swing and miss and he got a nice pitch mix. Um, but the never getting a two start is going to hurt, yeah. you know, and also too, he was also, uh, um, at Baltimore and I, I didn't see how we did. Um, but then he had Boston after that. And I forget, what was the next game after that? But also, and the results weren't great. He just wasn't being efficient through his innings. So as much as, you know, I like the skills and the swing and strike rate on multiple pitches. Just, but so usually every week it comes down to that. It's just basically trying to go through who, you know, I'm okay with dropping. I think it's it, it it's funny because my, my brain goes through, um, such a you know we're on a such a week to week basis like going for what we need what we need and then so you write down your needs and then get to the drops and these are guys you liked right you drafted them and you picked them up in fab so uh letting go is is not um always easy you know because there's things you like about a player and you draw biases to them like oh i I saw this thing, you know, five weeks ago and it was there and it worked and it might still be there, but you know, we have to make those kind of decisions. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's a good is. point though. Is like, you know, you have to kind of look ahead and be like, okay, this guy is doing well, but like, um, when's the next time I'm going to use him? Like if, if next week he has a five game week and I'm not going to use him and then he's, playing a bunch of lefties and I'm not going to use them and like you know is there a better use of that roster spot so I think you know I know for me like and I I put this in our notes like the one thing that used to like you know mess with me was like I I hated when I would cut somebody off my roster and they would be like still like really high ownership percentage like it would like mess with my brain all week and be like did I should you know did I, did I make a mistake? Like, what are other people doing that? What are other people seeing that I'm not seeing? And like, um, I don't know this year, I've just been like, like more cutthroat and like, not, and Mm. like not caring about it. And like, um, you know, not looking back at it and, and like, it's been good for me. Like I, I, you know, at least me personally, I think I've made like just a lot of good pickups throughout, the season so far so i you know i think like once you like make a decision like don't bother like looking back and being like did i do something wrong like just to Mm -hmm. be like i'm comfortable with this like this is the decision i made because like it's the 
better better move for my team. But like the one thing this year, just with the pitching environment, and like I guess maybe the fact that I've had all these like kind of big injuries to my pitching staff is like I've been so gun shy on cutting starting like start pitchers that have like regular rotation roles. So like like I've I've held and and he doesn't have it you know coincidentally like an hour before. We started recording like they announced that Pavetta is moving to the bullpen so he doesn't have a role anymore so um but like Kyle Gibson also um two guys that like I have been one of my mains that like I don't think I've even pitched Pavetta this year um I could be wrong maybe in that first week I, I threw him um but like I, he's just been on my bench and I'm just like waiting for the right week of matchups to use him and like I don't know maybe like but it's just you know, there really isn't like any good pitching out there. And I've just been trying to hoard um, starting pitching so that I don't have to pay like, you know, 40 bucks for, yeah for a guy for like a couple of, you know, two star week or stream or whatever. It's just like, I'd rather just keep them on my bench. Um, hope, you know, obviously Fed is a big strikeout pitcher on a good team. Just wait. I was waiting for the right the right week in terms of the schedule to actually use them. But um, that's the one thing I've just been so hesitant to cut any starting pitching that I have on my team. Um, that I need to probably you know do a better job of like you said laying out the schedule and being like, all right, at this point realistically, like, am I gonna use this guy in the next month? If no, like he probably needs to not be on my roster regardless of of um what's going to happen because you're going to need that roster spot at some point. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me though. Yeah. I've actually dropped Kramer uh, twice this year already. I paid four bucks to get him in twice in fab and um, I dropped him twice and he's, uh, he's gotten me. Um, let's see. 10, 10 innings pitched. Uh Five earned runs on the season with uh, five Ks. So uh, he did. He did all right. He did all right. Yeah. I didn't get all his great, uh, better starts, but just the way, yeah, it runs out. But well, it just goes. It goes back to like I said. Like just don't look back. I mean, like for me, yeah. like Rodolfo Castro this week. Like I, you know, Easy. I was very excited about him a couple me weeks too. ago, and uh, you know, spent a decent amount of fab on him, and then last week. He like hit a home run on Monday and then didn't start the rest of the week. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this guy is like 115 WRC plus switch hitting infielder, and you just like, you know, and you're just benching him and not even mixing him in at all for like. I these... see that, and I just see something has to be going on behind the scenes. That's yeah. Like, really. Because the Pirates lineup, the offense has been so stagnant, and it's like you have this guy that has shown, like, he, you know, has, he can provide a spark to your offense, and you're just, like, sitting him. Um, and then he sat up until today, and then today he hit a home run, and I think he had, like, a double or something like that. And it's like, but yeah, the, I mean, you can't trust if you can't trust the playing time. It's like you can't, you can't be on my roster. So no, they got fucking the mixing in Chris Owings, and it's like, come on, what are you doing? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And Marcano hasn't been terrible, um, but I mean, doesn't project well. He's, you know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, I know he's still young, but. 
it's just like I don't know. Like I said, it must be something going on behind. Yeah, makes because, sense. That yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Because or or like I know I know defensively he's like not great. Um, so you know maybe that has more of an impact for the team than than we actually are realizing from a fantasy perspective. Right, right. I mean, listen, the last two weeks he has like a 39% K rate, but it's also too like when you're not playing every day too, yeah, like yeah. he's maybe a guy that needs to get regular time to, you know, um, I don't know, just, yeah. I'm, I was surprised by him too. And I was pretty upset because I have him, I had him on a couple of teams. So, yeah. So it was tough to get rid of because it was so useful. Second, third, short. Yeah. And you would think that like those guys would have a place on your team, but when right. they can't get in the game, um, you know, you just need yeah. to find a better option. Yep. 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 I totally I'm, agree. Absolutely. Um, you want to talk about some actual player drops this week? Or, or uh, no, you want to talk yeah, about so, the well, um... yeah, like so yeah, I I put a list of like players that have had some kind of like potential news that you know some of these are ones that I kind of am either I'm. I was presented with or am presented with. Um, so there's a little bit of selfish um, reason behind putting them there. But but I do think like, you know, for, for most people, like obviously like Kyle Wright and Max Fried both had um, injury announcements that they're going to be out probably like the next two months. Um, what if you, if you rostered uh either of them like what would you do like just hold i get nah i wouldn't i i especially right 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 it's an easy one for me because yeah i wasn't really excited about him coming into the season i i mean i really wasn't with freed either like not at their cost i was two of like my bigger don't draft um at the cost to just never i know freed continuously does it but he continuously beats the projections on him and I've watched enough of him versus the Mets to know like if sometimes when like I don't know that curve isn't like really dropping in for like first pitch strike stuff like that he's very hittable and um, I don't know I just don't really I never trusted it at the price and I just too much it's interesting though because I was looking at Lance McCullers right and he's 100% owned in the main event and this is basically now working on what how many weeks of holding him um right so I mean, it's almost two months yeah it's almost two months so it was interesting when i thought of it that way i'm like okay so i guess people that's the thing like people will look at that and if that trend continues with the guys that have right and free then they're probably gonna hold them you know yeah yeah um i don't think that they're worthy of like Keeping just because of the injury itself, the news on the injury, and the, like to me, anyone that hold that long would have had to been like a top five pick for me. Um, yeah, or like a like a Rodon is a perfect example, or Degrom. Those guys are yeah are holds until you know that they're like completely done for the season. Um, I think you'll be able to rotate those spots out and 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 get like you said like. Before with the uh, taking thirty forty dollars shots at pitchers like Luis Ortiz, you know you can you can get a whole bunch of stabs at a good starting pitcher that can produce for you rather than hold yeah. on to them. Yeah, yeah, I was I was thinking like if I were, you know, the right thing with the you know he had the shoulder injury, he got a cortisone injection during spring training, 
that doesn't really resolve anything. It just kind of reduces the inflammation. But like, you know, if there's a structural injury there, like cortisone shots, not going to, you know, do anything other than mask it for a bit. So like if I was, if I had right, I, I'd probably cut, but freed, I'd, pr I'd probably try to hang on to, you know, as long as I possibly could. But these guys, I mean, they've all, they've thrown a lot of innings the last couple of years with like playoff runs and stuff like that. That's why, you know, like as a Met fan, I was like, you know, they, they have like kind of a thin rotation and like, um, so I, I was kind of like, you know, they could run into some trouble if they have injuries this year. So we'll see what they do in terms of, you know, how they replace them, if they make a trade or, you know, I think we'll be talking in a little bit about potential options that they might have coming up. So, um, yeah, Rasmussen for me wasn't even a hesitation. It was an instant cut. I, I didn't even think twice about it. Um, and you know, I'm just embracing it like i can't i'm not like oh man my season's over because i lost true rasmussen it's just like gotta find the next guy and the next next way to plug the hole so um and you know so i think that's how the rays are too so uh, yeah <laughs> uh alvarado jose alvarado is another guy listed um you know obviously he's kind of in a shared role to begin with forearm issue you know it's not really clear i think they initially reported as a wrist injury and then they said forearm and now they're saying mri is clean but like i don't know like um you would you hold him or would you uh would you just cut him uh, i guess alvarado it's tough didn't seem as dire as the other two i could be wrong but i i probably would have held out for just a little more news, I think. Uh, yeah. Maybe like another week. But mm. It definitely gets to a point where, you know, you have to say goodbye. But I think this week I probably would have held him just, you know, this week for sure. And then just keep yeah. waiting for news. Um, And that's the thing, too. I guess you could look at it as like, oh, will he go back to being this unhittable guy he was mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season? And you can try to factor that in, right? Oh, well, with the injury, will he come back and be quite as effective? But... I don't think they can play that game. Um, yeah. Just look at what he did for your team and how good he was since the end of last year, too. And uh, I think that would have been enough for me to give him a little rope um, yep. to see how it plays out. Yep. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I went that route um, in the league that I have him in, but um, I believe I saw that he was dropped in 10 leagues this week. So there were people that were a little more cutthroat. Um mm. But, you know, yeah, it's it's like a forearm injury. It's, I don't know. When when a guy throws that hard, he's got a forearm injury. You know, some most of the time it doesn't end positively. So um, yep. I get it also. And, you know, um, there was a bunch of closure specs that entered the market this, this week. So it could have just been like somebody saying, hey, like, I'm going to just get Nick Anderson and Alvarado's my only drop. So he's it's going to be so. That could that could be it as well. Um, last one I listed out Hayden Wisniewski. So, um, you know, for me this week I was like he's been struggling, and Kyle Hendricks is like on the verge of getting off of his rehab, and I was like the only guy that is gonna get sent down if they don't go six man is Wisniewski. Which so I held him, um, 
but obviously the news came out a couple days ago that he was sent down. So um, I guess now I'm in not so much the position of wondering if Hendricks is going to get called up. Now I know that Wisniewski's down, like entering this week. Um, do you, would you drop Wisniewski or are you going to try to hold on to him and stash him for a couple weeks? Oh man, I'm I'm a little Wisniewski biased. I really liked him coming into the season. I know the results Yeah. weren't quite as the like the 39 innings this year and the 33 he threw last year was um definitely different, you Yeah, know. yeah. Uh this Sierra the full run and a half different. I or uh the swing of strike is lower, the K minus walk is lower, it's all All different. His, his his ground ball rate just like went from forty seven percent to thirty six percent. Um, a ton of a ton of line drives, which is kind of something that's not very sticky, you know. And I think that it didn't really show in the Babbitt, which it usually does. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know what to think of him. It was a lot of loud contact. He gave up sixteen barrels, twelve and a half percent barrel rate, which is also something that's not proven to be like a thing that continues. And um I don't know, man. Like I don't really think that this is the pitcher he is. Uh I know the slider, his money pitch lost him swinging strike on it. Um he also been throwing it in the zone a little less. So I don't know. Kind of like Reduced the O swing on it. I don't know if the teams would just had the book on it and just knew to stay off of it, but I think he's got, I think he's better than this. And I think it's, I think it's worth a shot to just make sure that Hendricks is okay, right? Just make sure that Yeah. Hendricks is, is, is fit and he's going to be ready to pitch. And also, too, that's not like thinking, oh, like, oh, I'm hoping this guy gets hurt again or. It's just it's just a real thing, you know. This guy came back from an injury, hadn't pitched in
relatively um, in relatively short order. So I agree. Um, I agree with your assessment in terms of uh, how to handle him. Um, so, yeah. Um, what do you want to do? You want to do, you want to cover the drops in the main or you want to do watch list? Um, Um, watch there was list a Wednesday. couple. I just wanted to bring up, bring up a couple of the a couple of the drop that I Okay. thought was uh pretty interesting. We don't have to harp on it for too long, but I always like to just look at some of the guys that have been dropped, and you know how we always mention the guys at the top are pretty much usually the easy ones. The Jose Miranda's like you know guys get sent down. It's pretty. It plus he's not really good. Um, so that's an easy, easy guy to kind of point out to, um, more so like the, so like a couple of guys I highlighted, um, Trent Grisham, obviously he's not, um, playing versus lefties that much anymore, hardly ever. And then he bats at the bottom of the lineup now because Tatis returned, but Mm-hmm. to me still, uh, again, I would get back to the whole restructure, how we think about you know, not full-time guys. Yeah. And uh, I think he's still like a decent power speed threat that can, and, and that offense too has not really produced Gelled like, yet. like on a stretch yet Yeah. where it's like, wow, Yeah. you know, he, here's, here's what we're seeing. Um, Another guy who was interesting is Seth Brown. who's dropped the nine leagues. Like he's almost back. No, and I don't know. he he had a setback on rehab like uh, last Sunday night, like right before Fabran, and he he hurt his oblique again. Uh, he did. Yeah, so Hmm. I mean I haven't looked since Sunday, but the the uh the report on Sunday like literally it was like nine o'clock on Sunday was um that he was pulled um okay so he. So on Sunday night, they announced that he was going back to get looked at because he felt something in his oblique again. But I'm looking, and uh, in his first rehab appearance tonight, so he was back on rehab tonight, and he's he's gone two for three um, with 200-mile-an-hour Um, exit velo single single so yeah okay so i take back what i said because uh he now seems to be fine Yeah, I no, I mean, I maybe I missed that too because I was so on the so news for him because I bid on him and I was kind of like trying to determine how much to put up for him. Um, so on may on may 13th at uh at 11 p.m There's a tweet said like um, he took a big hack on a breaking ball at his rehab appearance and left the game grimacing in pain. And uh, and I remember seeing a report. Um, yeah. So then Matt Kawihara, who's like the A's beat reporter, said Seth Brown was removed from his second at bat in his first triple A rehab game last night. Mark Kotze said. Brown is headed back to Oakland to have his oblique reevaluated. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I missed that. Um, but he's back. He's he's playing tonight for Stockton, single A affiliate of the A's. So I guess it wasn't that bad. So um 
yeah. yeah. But even then, too, like, um, um, like, you know, if you've been holding him or if you've been sco- like, if you scooped them up for a couple of bucks, too, like, and you speculate on when he came back, I just, the, like, again, like, obviously, we all have to make moves on our team, but mm-hmm. he's such a, I mean, Maybe. I didn't do it two weeks ago, like, in the last two weeks, because, like, I, I was really, like, he's a big, big 25-10 and it. In the beginning of the season, they showed that that they, that they were done platooning him. He was playing versus lefties, and to me, that's such a big value. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, another guy I know the skills haven't been the surface stats haven't been like eye opening, but he's playing every single day, and we've been talking about platoon bats all the time. But Joey Weimer, um, again, I know like it hasn't really been there for him all throughout. He's bat one eighty four in the last two weeks, but still two homers, two steals. Um, you know. I don't know. Just everyday PT to me hit the ball hard. He doesn't strike out a ton, but the skills are there. I don't know. I just felt like that was an interesting drop in terms of like having a guy that you know you can set into your lineup. But they, those teams must have way better lineups than me. I, you know, that's the thing. They, they must yeah. have full time guys. Yeah, I guess the thing I was worried about with Weimer was, um, you know, would, would Tyrone Taylor start eating into his center field at bats um like that i guess that's what what i was concerned about but like i don't know yeah but yell- there was two weeks of him with taylor back and he didn't he didn't take a day off we he played every single day yeah yeah uh, yeah i was clear, looking at clear indication that they're just gonna keep rolling him out until mm-hmm. i don't know it's funny because like you just they're so platoon heavy and He's one of the guys that doesn't get it. They don't you know? have anybody to play out there. I mean, yeah, I, guess I know. They don't, so I guess they don't trust Taylor and center anymore. I guess um, not. Or maybe yeah. it's like off the injury, like not having him play center. Um, Max Kepler was another guy. I know he hit the IL, and I know that team is loaded with lefty, <laughs> left-handed outfielders. But Kepler, I dropped him in an OC, but in a 15-team league, I thought he was well worth the stash um again to a guy who barrels up the ball hard gonna get you jacks leading off versus righties yeah um and i thought that was too valuable to kind of let go um right now um and i guess a couple of the smaller ones was like jose siri i know yeah. his i know his playing time is frustrating too but i mean when he's in there he makes stuff happen and tristan Casas, i know uh, our friend Jason, Jason Dupont. We're gonna talk about one Red Sox on 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 his show, but um, this guy's been doing nothing but barreling the ball in the last two or three weeks. Like really, yeah, like yeah, he's starting to wake up. Ball. Yeah, yeah. in the ball, and um, again, obviously, I don't know what what these teams are built like. They probably have better chances to uh, you know, ability to drop a player like this who. I mean, again, like couldn't couldn't give you good good output at the corners, especially when he looks like he's starting to 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 get it a little bit, and especially to like when they're starting to. I think they started him twice, both lefties, and like you know the last five or six times they faced him, so to give him a little more trust and a little, trying to see a little more what they got from him. So mm-hmm. um, those are a, a couple of the guys. Nothing like glaring or anything like oh this is. It's just interesting. I always try to think about like, uh, oh, like how is this team built? You know, like that. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't go into the teams and and go scope them out. I don't have the time to do that. But I just like to look and try to get into the mind of like how others are, um, 
Oh, I guess Michael Lavendon too, because I was <laughs> he got dropped in only one league. So that is is what it is. But the guy's given up one run in the last twenty innings, and it looks like it's a totally different pitcher since he ditched his two terrible curveball and cutters that he throws. So, um, and yeah, Braddish it could be too. could be the adage that people keep kind of uh, reiterating, where like you know, if you don't, if you can't start a guy in a two start week, you shouldn't have him on your team. Um, because obviously Lorenz and I think I think he was lined up for a two start week this week, right? And so if you know if the player didn't think he was going to make his lineup, you know maybe just was like, well, if I can't use him this week, why do I even bother having? No, him? he had one verse pit. I was targeting him this week. He got yeah, he was. I mean, pit. yeah, he was. He was a. He was on my. Uh, he was on my bid list as well. Hundred percent. The next week at KC and then verse verse Chicago at home. Um, yeah, right back home. I, I mean, I, I think that. That's good money. Like, yeah, I, honestly, that's a that's a that's a perfect OC stream too for next week. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you got the uh, like, that's like a two or three dollar um, OC bid. You grab a pitcher like that, it'll get you two solid outings. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see um, just Gavin Sheets got cut in fifteen leagues just because he's been playing so much. I mean, I, I guess I know they've faced a lot of righties, so um, that is surprising. I guess I don't know if those owners were afraid that Berger would just take over platoon. Yeah. yeah, but like sheet, they they need sheets in the outfield. That's the thing. As as, as bad as he looks, in some of the times I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, they, like they need him to like play with there. Eloy out, right? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. So that's Eloy where I was out. just like, once I got once I got him, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna be cutting him until Eloy's back. Um, you know, maybe bench him, but um, he's not gonna be back for a while. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a long long leash with uh with him on, at least on my team. So that was one, and then Orlando Arcia got cut in four leagues. I was kind of surprised to see that, just because everyday playing time on the Braves, the bottom of that order. I mean, I know he hits at the bottom of the order, but like the bottom of that order is still pretty good um, from like a run production standpoint. And absolutely, um, yeah, he's just been really hitting the ball well. Um, Michael yep. King also for in four leagues, just given you know what he was going for like last week to to see him cut um this week's pretty pretty short leash there. Um yep. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, let's move on to the next segment. We'll do our little watch list Wednesday. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, let's let's uh you know I thought that that was uh that was a good thing to kind of cover last week and I tried to add a little bit to it la- you know because I think last week our watch list was uh pretty much focused on like who the next prospects are but um you know I I tried to just outline um different opportunities because uh you know you're making me a better player as we talk through things and you know so now um I figured all right well watch list Wednesday. Let's, let's look at the schedule ahead for next week. Um, and so, you know, I listed out a lot. There's a lot of games on the schedule next week. So there's no yeah. teams with a five, no teams with five game weeks and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 teams have, uh, seven game weeks. So it's a lot of, a lot of games on the schedule for next week. So, um, I tried to just, um, you know, outline who those teams were. So Atlanta, Cincinnati, Colorado, Chicago, White Sox, Detroit, Miami, Milwaukee, Oakland, Seattle, San Francisco, St. Louis, Tampa, and Toronto all have seven game weeks. 
Um, and then I try to just identify based on where, you know, the schedule is at now in terms of who's starting, where there might be opportunities. So um, Colorado has seven home games at home, um, four versus Miami and one, or sorry, four versus Miami, three versus the Mets, um, and only currently going to face like one lefty. And then the other one I thought was interesting was Miami, um, four at Colorado, three at the Angels. So um, they're, they're probably going to face like four or five lefties with how many lefties both Colorado and um, the Angels have in their rotation. And, um, you know, Miami with the Jazz injury with um, – it just – like I was looking at their lineup the other night and I was like, geez, they have a lot of just straight right-handed batters and not a lot of lefties and not a lot of switch hitters. So they're just very right-handed heavy. But this – so I was like, oh, they might be decent to stream against um, if you – if you, you know, if you can find right-handed pitchers to go up against them. But um, at least next week, looks like they're going to be facing a lot of lefties and obviously in Colorado for four games. Um and at and at LLA, the Angels are that's a very good park too. The right. top top ten, I think that yeah. kind of park factor. Yeah, yeah, and with Jazz being out, there's a guy that I've already put on my watch list and Garrett Hampton. He started every day in center field. Okay. Um, you know, like obviously, yeah, he started every the uh, first three games that Jazz hit the hit the uh IL with that. I can't believe too that there's actually like uh like a mound in 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 the um like at the warning track, there's like almost like a little, like a, yeah, it's like a little bump out right before the wall. It's almost like a Rudy Gamble brought it up on Twitter, and I like actually looked at it, and it's like yeah, it's, it's almost like um like a quarter round like molding <laughs> like of dirt. Like that's like why is that why is that even there? Um, but is that just to prevent guys from getting their like legs like lodged in the lodged bottom in? Of the fence or that them? could be. It could be. It yeah. just uh. I guess it, it it saves knees but not toes. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, and and listen, Garrett Hampson is still the same old Garrett Hampson, but volume, a chance at some, you know, a steal. Uh, in in Austin, he might maybe he'll be mo- maybe he'll be motivated against the Rockies too. That could for, be hundred uh, yeah, percent. So long. Yeah. I mean, granted, he didn't really do much to serve playing time, but I feel like he always got jerked around there. Yeah. The rivalry series, but you know yeah. he, he he's got seventy four plate appearances this year. Homer two steals, still striking out a bunch, and he's like walking even less than ever. But again, this is volume. It's taken. It's just taking advantage of playing time, and um, I don't see really like with Avisel being out, um, anyone who's gonna patrol center field, you know. So um, and and Jesus Sanchez, you know. So they're both out. Yeah. Um. Burdick, Peyton Burdick is only playing versus righty, so maybe he's also too a, a kind of guy that you throw on your watch list just to take advantage of some righty, you know, matchups. Um, you know, like you said, in cores, and he's still like he. I mean, his profile still hasn't changed. He just strikes out a ton. He's like. Um, forty four percent K rate this year and thirty four percent last year. Even this year in the minors it was thirty nine percent. So you know what you're getting. He just jacks him out. He's a power hitter. 
He's got some stone base still five bases in the minors, one in the majors so far. But he's like uh like JJ Bidet, who like who didn't take the K rate um adjustment like this year. Yeah. Just the same exact kind of hitter. Um yeah. but um but again, this it's 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 a big week. And if you can get some matchups for uh like you know, this kind of uh player, this kind of profile, that's um that's a good look. I think I think see like with these teams like Miami that Cause you know, a lot of times I'll do the schedule stuff for the 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 Fab Patreon, and um, you know, there's some teams that just aren't actionable. That's the thing, right? You yeah. know, so we'll look at the matchups and we'll go to the NFBC ownership percentage. I'll go like I have a sheet that just has it all on it, and I'm like, well, there's no one from this team anywhere that we can get, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because there's just like it's uh, even even if it's just like a couple of guys, but they're at still 80, 90 percent owned. Like it's so hard to. Uh, recommend people to like, oh, okay, you know, like this guy's not widely available anyway. So, um, but Miami is is ripe for it right now. Um, even with Gene Agora being dropped in leagues, right? So, um, as bad as he's been too, it's a popular name. It's a good skill set guy from like you know for ten straight years. So, in a position like that, in a good week, um, yeah, probably probably be they're going to be a popular team. Next yeah, week, I think. Yeah, yep. I think so. I think between all the injuries they have and just opening up playing time for guys that aren't rostered and the good schedule, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And then, yeah, the other one, um, obviously on the other side of that, Colorado, um, with with seven games at home, I was kind of looking at their um, their lineups, and uh, the one guy that just kind of popped to me was um, Michael Toglia. Cause just mm-hmm. because of the CJ Crone um, getting put on the IL, I was thinking um, he he might you know switch hitter. He's probably going to just play first base while Crone's out, so he might um, be a guy that um, would be a popular target. Um, and you know, like I, I don't know, like Harold Castro is actually playing like a pretty decent amount for them as well. Um, and they're going to face mostly righties. So he might be a guy that, um, is popular as well. He seems to be, um, playing most, most of the games in second. So. Yeah. And, and Colorado has, uh, it's interesting that they have all their games at home and then they, the week after that, they have all their games on the road, <laughs> um, which is like, so it's oh, a perfect man. stream. It's perfect a perfect stream, but the week after that, Dom, they have another six games all at Colorado. So it's almost like you uh, want to like, and and so the following week that it's all at all on the road, it's still a seven game set though. So maybe you can okay. still get some values on those guys at Arizona at KC. So at KC, it's probably like somewhat you know exploitable given their pitching staff. But if you could hold out. It's interesting because they've been on the half week thing all season long, and yeah. then now now they'll have seven games at home, seven games on the road, and then six games at home, and then seven games on the road. Um, yeah. So so you you know you'll have to uh, try to eat a little bit of that. But even yeah. actually, they have um, further into June, they have ten straight games on the road, but at Boston, at Atlanta, and at Cincy. So it's also really good parks, but. You know, kind of good pitching staff too. So there's going to be some interesting decisions made on these Rockies coming up because yeah. they have, um, yeah, I agree. like you mentioned with Toglio, like, but like they can go several different ways too. Like, I, I mean, Nolan Jones has been playing third in the minors and he's been hitting a lot better. So you can kind of like 
you know, keep him like keep a little bit of your eye on him and you know Mikey Moose, yeah, move you know? <laughs> yeah Moustakas too. That's a good point. Yeah. He was I think he was added in what like 10 league this week. Um so some some players had their eye on him. Like that was a discussion that uh I had with um the guys uh like who was gonna replace Crone and uh, I thought it was too much of uh too much of a guess as to what they were going to do. So it wasn't worth to like try to get any one of them, you know, it's kind of yeah. like I would rather see it first and then pay if I have to after the fact, you know, because yeah. I was so unsure, like which way they were going to go. It could have been Montero, right? Like we didn't know they could have called him up. Um, like I said, they can go to Jones and then went to Toglia. So um, yeah, hard, hard team yeah, to I, really I have try a, to guess that with. Yeah. I have a bunch of Toglia in my, uh, DC, so I was I was happy with that. Uh, that nice. news put him in yeah. for Jose Breu and a uh, bunch of leagues. I have Abreu rotting on my DC team, so um, <laughs> so that was that was welcome news. Any uh, the schedules that that any of those seven gamers that uh, stood out to you? Otherwise, um, um, you know, I was really looking at. Uh, SF at first, it's like could like kind of one of the teams you always look to first to just see if if they got their right yeah. on lefties on. I mean, Lamonte Wade is uh, a guy they don't platoon anymore, which is good to see because uh, he's he while he's healthy and he's got the skill set to go. Just they just let him run with it. Um, oh man, like Detroit is always interesting because they got a bunch of platoon players like your Zach McKinstry's right. You got your six righties, so. Something like him will be useful for you. Multi-eligibility. You know, he's going to yeah. start and lead off versus um, righties. And uh, like I said, like, I really try to look at the actionable team because, like, teams Atlanta, like, you know, they have nobody to fab and there's nobody yeah. in the lineup too. Like, even in those six-game weeks, it's like lefties, righties, really have to just keep an eye on Eddie Rosario, like, sometimes. Yep. But everybody else is, like, a lock and load. Um yeah. Oakland, man, they just like they can score a ton of runs. Their bullpen just stinks, uh, and they're pitching yep. like they're starting pitching. It's not starting that bad. pitching stinks too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they could be like useful. Like I feel like if they had a better bridge in the bullpen, they can kind of cover up a little bit of their you know mishaps. But their offense is like sneakily good. Um, yeah. So I just think that like um, so with the five right-handed pitches, and I think I think that's uh, I think that's a spot that. Um. Oh, it's both. It's both broken up into. No, wait. They have uh Yeah, like the Monday the thirties. So, like a guy like Ryan Noda, um, was gonna play like three out of those four games. Um, mm. I like guys like that. Like uh, just high skilled guys that aren't playing all the time and kind of target him. Um, yeah. But I like this, and I like how you mentioned there's no five game weeks that we have to worry about. So that's um, yeah, that's a good thing to you know when you have a full week like this, a lot of six, a lot of games, um, a lot of teams with seven games, a lot of teams with six games, just like easier to in fab too. You know, like you don't have to cover too many holes, and yeah. there should be and and there should be plenty of options. So this yeah. might be a week where we see like a lot of teams just focus on the like the week <laughs> rather than mm-hmm. you know the the year but that'll kind of segue into um you know what might be the biggest draw this week and matt mcclain the prospect that was called up by the reds um 
and he sat today, but he played the first two mm-hmm. games. Um, interesting little skill set. I think that I don't know. I I guess it depends because it, it's so interesting. There's so many different types of fantasy players too. Right, you have like a lot of people now more and more into dynasty and prospects. So that's another reason why a lot of these pitchers go for so much money too. It's so many of the dynasty world and there's so much dynasty content. Now we're all glued in to these younger players more than ever. The stack cast data on them. Um, so Matt McClain, just like the home ballpark. Um, it all looks good. It projects really well too. You know, the steamer 600 on him is really, really favorable. Um, yeah. He looks like a really solid player. He's, just got an all-around skill set, like an all-around baseball player. I guess my only concern is something that you did note. It's just like if he doesn't produce and Ellie De La Cruz keeps on crushing it, do they have any, you know, um, do they have to keep him up? Do they have any obligation to just say, hey, no, we're just going to, you know, we want to see what he has first. So I guess that's yeah, going to ring in the back of my head too in determining how much I bid on him. Um, last week at this, last year in the same week as this week of fab, Michael Harris was the big, the big fabber of the year. Um, yeah. And he went for, I think on median average, uh, median winning bid was 98 bucks. Um, yeah. And something tells me that we're going to have to pay more than that this year. It's so like that's what uh man I had so like an interesting thing in my head was to kind of like wait that sounds pretty low right I mean the highest was two eighty eight he had three bids above two hundred two eighty eight two sixty six two twenty four um and then there were a um a bunch in the one hundreds to one fifty four but then there was uh a lot of sixties seventies fifties a whole bunch of thirties and forties so. Um, it's, and then part of me was thinking like, well, why didn't he go for more, I guess, on average, especially when we had more money last year, as like, you know, keep noting in your articles, how much money is being spent this year. So I'm, I'm torn on like how much I think he's really going to go for because teams do have less money now, but now there's actually an offensive guy that maybe teams have been waiting for. Right. (laughs) That's the thing too, is all these pitchers that have been going to like have teams been the team that they haven't spent yet, are they waiting for their offensive yeah. hammer? You know, like are they gonna yeah. drop their offensive hammer now? But I think that I think we'll get similar bids to Harris, maybe a little more, but I think just the and you know, I, I guess the head in the tee with Harris too may have been just like the whole double A thing. Was he just gonna mm-hmm. be I don't I don't remember exactly where everyone's brains were. Like, was he gonna be an everyday guy? Was he at risk of being sent back, but the skill set was there, and um, I think with McLean, we'll, be, we'll see something similar. You know, power, speed, threat. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I think like also the fact that he was hitting second for the two games he played in. Like, you don't normally see that where they're just like, yeah, throw, you know, normally you see him like hitting like eighth or ninth, or um, you know. So the fact that they trusted him to hit just like second right off the bat was pretty encouraging to me. Um, so I wanted to watch this game. He, you know, I think they list him at 5'11". He definitely doesn't look 5'11 to me. Um, 
So like, I don't know if that, if that impacts your mindset where, you know, like, you know, if you think, um, you know, he, he might have trouble, you know, finding power at the major league level, but like, you know, if you look at his minor league stats, um, this year, they're crazy 40 RBIs and 38 games, 12 home runs, 10 steals. Jesus. He looks fast as shit. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, everything looks good from what I can see. Um, you know, I think, um, the only thing that's in my mind is like, yeah, so he's 20, I think he's 25 or sorry, he's 23. Um, and like, is it, did he just get the first call up because, you know, he's a little older than Ellie and they're like doing, you know, kind of like, you know, when you play like high school, like, you know, baseball, like the senior gets the priority, but then like, if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't start hitting right off the bat, you know, whatever the junior shortstop stud that's behind him is going to take his job. Is that, is that kind of just like a seniority thing where they're like, all right, we're going to call you up first, but you need to produce because we got this 21 year old that's, you know, hitting missiles at triple a already, um, like breathing down your neck. Um, so is that, that seem you know, I could see that being a potential outcome where, because they only have four infield spots, right? And you know that, you know, India is going to play one. Um, Encarnacion Strand is probably going to play one. And then they have Spencer Steer, who, you know, I get doesn't need an everyday role, but, you know, he can play third, um, at least for the time being. So, and, you know, he's probably going to play somewhere in that infield. So really, you know, shortstop is the one spot. Um, and it's going to be either Ellie or McLean. And I just think like with the trajectory Ellie's going and he, he's going to be up soon, especially if McLean doesn't hit. So, you know, I think you kind of have to bake that into your potential outcome where if he doesn't produce, um, there's a, you know, I would say a decent chance he, he ends up getting, sent back to triple a and Ellie comes up and plays short. Yeah. I think there's room for everyone. Honestly, you think so? Well, yeah, just with the DH you could also. take your, Yeah. yeah, I think honestly, um, I could see the path to steer being the DH, um, you know, and can also strand playing first India second, um, as I, as, as, As much as Sendell is awesome at third too, and it's kind of where he belongs, they can easily just move him back into the outfield. They Put they don't they they've done that before. Um, you could take Will Myers in his fifty WRC plus and ship him out to where he belongs, the like not like yep. like not starting on a major league team, um, or yep. just try to find the trade candidate for him. Uh, just yeah, just I mean, I think he's gonna be. I I think they're hoping that yeah, he's got a one year deal. I think like that was always like in the cards. That's kind of why I was like off them because I was like, there's a decent chance. Like granted that that park he's hitting in, he might only get it until July, and then he might be a bench player on somebody else for the second half of the year. So that's kind Yeah. of where I was just like, eh, I don't want to. especially given the price for Meyer. So, yeah. And it's too like it's like 
they're 19 and 24 and that's not yeah, like they're that's not, not like great that... but it's not also to like the Padres are 20 and 24 and obviously they have a way better team but nobody's counting them out nobody's counting the Cubs or the Cardinals are out who are who are behind the Reds so that's like yeah that's what I was thinking it was like they could they could like they could just call this all these guys up and just like try to make a run at it I don't the Lodolo news today was not promising right like he has a leg injury yeah. something like that from yeah so yeah. but like yeah they got they got the pitching and they could like that infield sounds you know pretty legit uh, I feel like know, the Marlins just... did the same thing with Yuri Dom, right? Like the Braves have these injuries. Not to say that 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 that, that they're going to catch the Braves, right? But having Wright out, having Freed out, the Mets struggling and getting old and fragile too. I think the Marlins are like, hey, let's call up the sky. Like, and I think that's what the the, the like the compensation for the Rookie of the Year, and I think that's where the extra playoff spots are. They're coming through, you know, like these teams yeah. are. And it's also too, I think more teams are like really realizing that, you know, um, why am I paying this veteran, this dud veteran, when I could bring up a guy who's better than him? And at the time will be cheaper. In the future, it will be a little more. But at the time, it's it's a better value for your team. So I think more and more teams are starting to realize that. And that's why we're also seeing a bigger influx of the younger kids in the game. And they're more ready than ever that's the thing as much as we'll harp on swing and miss and all this stuff mm-hmm. they've been training like the kids coming up now and the kids that are coming up next they've been training at the levels the driveline stuff the specialized training the hit swings like the bat path all that stuff they've been on this since you know their high school days and they're all like they're they're all trained at a different level um, and I think yeah. that's gonna, I think that's showing, and that's gonna come through more and more in the youth, um, in the youth game, and also to the like, the they're used to the pitch clock already too. So there's like that adjustment is, they're in it, you know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think that I I think there's a path to all the guys on the Reds, um, getting on the team this year as as it should be, and I hope they do it because I think it'll be really fucking fun to watch. Yeah. Um, they they're all putting up monster numbers, and they all yeah, have AAA shown. Team is yeah, sick. Yeah, and yeah. they all have, like they they all deserve a chance, you know. Um, so I and I hope they all get it, and it's gonna be great to see everyone choosing their spots in Fab. It's like which yeah. red? Like right now, it's like which red do you want? Right? Like if you believe in Ellie that he's gonna come up, you're probably gonna wait for him and spend the big cookie on him, and that's why maybe McLean gets tempered a little bit. But still, though, I mean, like you said, the numbers in AAA, the 12 steals and 10 stolen bases and 40 Bs, like those, people are going to look at that and, and be really yeah. excited. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think I think 150, 150 bucks probably will get you what, like a 75% chance of getting it maybe or lower, you think, 50% chance? This, this, this is the Dr. This is Dave weird. Decimal segment. <laughs> If, this is the Dr. Dave Decimal If it was a pitcher, I'd feel a lot better with trying to price him out. I mean, the one the one thing I'll look at is uh like I guess when I was thinking was like Mervis. Mervis on average went in the two twenties two weeks ago. Um Mervis can't steal bases. Um 
Mavericks and Murray's a platoon so, player too. Yeah. So but maybe Mervis is a good test case as to what might happen if they come up and and don't produce. So like um cuz like the, you know I think a lot of people are like uh Mervis might get sent back down. Um so like I don't know, maybe that tempers people's expect you know expectations in terms of fab um We Which know is weird, oh, it's like... got to get pulled. It's got to get pulled back at some point. So it's like I, I don't know. My my gut says, yeah, like I think like one eighty. I think is like the average bid that we see. So I think we'll see some over two hundred. I think. Um. So yeah, I think like one eighty. Isn't that strange is though? Like because like. Like Morel got called back up, right? And yep, and like that's 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 a good point. That's a good and point. like we saw him last year. We know last what he's year. capable of. And even even in the weeks prior to this, um, where like you know people were right rightfully picking him up where they he was available, mm -hmm. um, at great prices. It's like, and I know the Cubs he might be a little difficult with the playing time and such with Ross, but. It's just interesting where you, you have a guy who you know what he's done. You could see it. And again, like, I think we could, you have to start focusing a little less and less on like the chase or the swinging strikes because guys with loud skills are going to play. And when they mm -hmm. do play, they're just, as you can see with Morel now, he's just tearing it up. And so, and we've seen him last year in the majors, and he's had a taste of it. So it's it, it, it's just interesting to see like guys who are, who are going to go for more than him, who have yeah. you know like who have such a small sample size, and even LA like none at all yet. But as soon as he's yeah. available, he's gonna you know gonna gonna be splashing big for him. So it's just it's just interesting that dynamic between uh, the batters because I think with pitchers too we're starving for pitchers so like that's what kind of explains that more too it's like people are just hoping that they, they get some kind of stabilizer like George Kirby was last year and I think maybe he like he kind of just recently biased everyone like when you pick up a big pitcher like that he's just gonna get some great production off the season I think um, but it's gonna be interesting man it's gonna be interesting and I guess yeah. Libertor is gonna be another guy this weekend that might be Really hefty price. Um, yeah, two two more entered the pool tonight: Vientos and Libertor. Um, Vientos. So, yep. so yes, that that's two more young guys that uh, uncertain roles. Like we talked about Vientos early on, Libertor seems like he's just coming. To, you know, given a spot start, so it'll be interesting to see what you know he's gonna go for. He he pitched well. Um, the Brewers don't really hit lefties well ever. Uh, maybe because they are leaving their best hitter on the bench every time they fucking <laughs> face a lefty. I don't know why, but um, it's really yeah. maddening. So, yes, especially as somebody that has him in the main event, and every you know, every time you see him versus a lefty, he's on the bench. It's like, what's going like, on? Brasso or Owen Miller, you're like, come on, Darren Ruff. Jesus Christ! Like, what is really happening? Yep. Uh, yeah. Totally so, so yeah. So we. Yep. So I. I don't know if you saw the news. So. So I, I did list a few other like prospects that are going to be kind of watch, right? Uh, watch list Wednesday. So, 
this this kid AJ Smith Shaver um Yeah, got on the Braves, promoted right? to triple a for the Braves and it's like yeah he's had five scoreless starts at high a and double a and like they're already aggressively promoting him to triple a and it's like yeah maybe they're they're just trying to get him ready to see what he has at that level and then maybe he's going to get promoted um they've Did you see did you been see his minor league numbers? before this i mean this year uh i i did last last year i saw and yeah it, it didn't look like impressive at all um Yeah. but this year he's been like lights out um Yeah, he's he's thrown uh twenty one innings, um thirty one Ks and he hasn't lit up a run. <laughs> and he yeah it's crazy. But like, yeah, you don't especially the Braves who are so aggressive with the with the motions and getting guys from double A to triple A. He's twenty he's twenty and a half years old, twenty years, five months. Yeah, Uh, so, uh, that's a I young don't know. I boy. just thought it was very interesting that they're just so quickly like boom, 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 three levels in in like a couple weeks. Um, Yep. Yep. you know they just have a glaring need, and like you know even with like they like they rather than calling up Dodd or Schuster like last weekend, they went with a bullpen game, and it's just like they seem to like really be trying like they must really not like either of them that they're doing, um. this in, in my opinion at least so it'll be interesting to see if uh if they call him up but that was one that kind of just i never heard him before but saw that and kind of caught my eye um other names i listed out like gavin stone obviously with dustin may's injury today i was thinking you know he might be back, back soon but i know bobby miller's also now pitching Mm -hmm. so oh he's hurt again Uh, i think i thought uh, i think he's back but I, i'm still i'm still hesitant to think that They're gonna mess with him too much if they're if if he's showing any kind of uh you know injury stuff. Got it. Yeah. I actually Yeah. went See. one guy you wrote on the list. Um, I actually picked up in my auction league. Uh, Drew, Drew, uh Dre Jameson. Um, I picked him up for a buck in my uh in my super auction. So, um, I mean, Yeah, he's been I think. he's been really good. down down in the minors since he's Yeah. since he's been down and um I can't think that they're going to keep wasting his bullets down in the minors. Um almost Mm -hmm. almost like the DL DL Hall kind of spec, but um I think we're gonna see him back in a major soon. I don't know at the expense of who, uh, but I would guess that once they realize that Tommy Henry's good starts are just mirages, um, Yeah. they'll Yeah. they'll fucking get him out of there because uh Yeah. That's and that's what I was thinking it was. yeah, yeah, has to be. I mean, because like Ryan Nelson, um, actually got a little velo uptick and it really hasn't shown much in the swing and strike, but he has suppressed his his hard contact a little bit better in the last couple of starts. And I like any kind of velo uptick. So um and that was the thing like last year with him that made him kind of decent. Um he kind of lost Yeah. at Mm the beginning of the year. So um yeah. Got I got my eye on Dre Jameson. I think it's uh I think it's a good week to speculate on him. -hmm. yeah yep yep that makes sense um and yeah i just listed out some like injured guys that are on rehab um you know like 
but then I was thinking like, you know, like even like O'Neill Cruz, like at what point do you think like he's worth stashing? Cause we're like, I don't know, a month and a half into his injury. They're saying that he might be back by like late July. Right. So I feel, I've seen him added a few times just looking at fab for like a buck. Um, I guess if you have no injuries and you want to stash somebody and you just want to put them away, I guess you could, um, Late July is the but timeline for him now. that's, yeah, I, th I thought I, I thought I saw like late July, early August is when he could be back. So it's a ways away though. I don't think I'd be speculating until maybe like closer to the all-star break. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the old Neil Cruz fan, so you you won't get the response you want. Me. Uh. Yeah, I mean, not not. I I don't I don't really have him um, either. That's It's interesting, just uh, though. Like that, that would be. I'm like, what is his um, what is his owner percentage at now? Because I would think that's gonna be if that timeline has definitely moved up that much. I I haven't honestly looked at the news on him, um. So, right, is he still highly owned? Uh, let me get to that. Uh, He's seventeen percent owned in the main right now. wow. Okay, yeah. So Yeah. I would have to think if that timeline is moving up, then. He's gonna be uh he's gonna be pretty pretty highly sought after for sure. It's it says that he's expected to be sidelined until at least early August. So that I mean, okay, that's what when that's I looked tough. at Yeah, it's the tough news to hold. on NFB on his NFBC profile. But I thought I saw late July, early August as a um. But I yeah I don't know I don't Late know July makes I, I, good yeah good good tortilla chips. By the way, late July. That's yeah a brand. okay Yeah, 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 yeah. all Yeah, right good. Check them out. Jalapeno all right lime. Gotta love the jalapeno um lime. Anything. All right. Anyway. yeah All right. Let's close this out talking about having all right fun playing yeah fantasy baseball. yeah yeah i think a lot you know between uh the discord you know having to make a a room for you know screaming about starting pitching and you know uh, on twitter just you know so many people complaining about um you know injuries and you know how the game isn't fun and you know i think you should just i, I just think you need to like embrace it i mean it's a it's a hobby um it's baseball like i don't know for me like i love i love baseball and like not the winter sucks when we don't have baseball. So it's like, I just try to think about when, you know, it's like when it's July and it, or when it's January and it's like snowing and I'm miserable. And like, I think about how I wish it was just like, you know, 95 degree day and I'm at a ballpark watching a game. So like, I don't know, it's just supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be, uh, it's not supposed to be something that causes you angst. And so if it is, I think, you know, just reevaluate what it is that you're trying to do here. It's a hobby and it's supposed to be fun and like, don't get so worried about injuries or worried about, you know, lot following live scoring and tracking and all that stuff. Like just, you know, set your lineup and just pop in later in the night and see how your team did. Like watching it and obsessing isn't going to do anything. And like, if you have an injury, like everyone's going to have injuries. So just like, you know, embrace it and just figure out what your next move is, what your next chess move is. Um, just, you know, 
set set comfortable boundaries and don't let it uh take over your your life and consume your life and you know just uh you know it's fun Yeah, that's the way it should be. I mean, that's the way it started. It's the way it should be. I get it. Guys are getting hurt, but guys have always gotten hurt, and I know it, probably a little more right now. But um, I I explained it to you before we got on air, but I think it's like a recency bias, almost like we have recency bias on players. We're having recency bias on this season right now and this what this feels like. <clears throat> excuse me, like what this whole situation feels like. Maybe it's a new ball, new rules. We have a pitch clock. Throwing bases are through the roof, like, but power is still there. And then, you know, like all these different things. We have percentiles we calculated and what we tried to achieve and that those might be skewed and they have these <clears throat> a lot of stuff. I get it. It's a lot of stuff, but um. I think we may have just like a recency bias that we've never struggled before in fantasy baseball or that we've never had guys get hurt before in fantasy baseball. And I just feel like that's like a little bit of what might be happening. Like this moment right now in time may feel like the worst that it's ever been, but it probably was at some point too. You just not now is the moment that, you know, that, that we're harping on. Yeah. So Yeah, I think that's really key. Set some boundaries. Don't maybe if it's like, oh, I'm not sleeping because you're looking at the stats and you're like, oh, terrible night again. Then don't check it at night. <laughs> you know, like, well, Yeah. find your find your triggers and just like eliminate them, <clears throat> and just try to find a way. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's it's uh, I like actually enjoy it. Like I really do. Like I don't. There's no way I'd be trying to do all this content and trying to help as many people as I want to do. Like, it's just this, this is fun for me. This is actual fun. Like, fucking bidding on Garrett Hampson maybe next week it, it is fun. I don't know why, Yeah. but it is. Like, that's what I enjoy. Yeah. Like, I, I enjoy trying to find playing time better than others or looking through a skill set better than others. It's all a game. It's all like, It's Yeah. it's it's like so like like You know what when it's like? It's like, you know what it's like? It's like, like guys like Saban and Belichick, where like they are like obsessed with like the process and like the ways to get better and like. They don't even really care so much about like the game as much as they like enjoy like the like the routine and like the preparation and like the steps to like success. So it's like I think I think you need to like rather than uh be so um tied to like the results and the outcomes, it's like embracing the process of and like being comfortable with um the steps that you're taking to like building your team and improving your team and like getting uh, like enjoyment or fulfillment or you know i don't want Yeah. to say obsessed obsession with that but like that i think like if you are comfortable with your process and your routine and like you know then like I think that, I don't know, that's like more enjoyable, I guess, Yeah. is like, or like that you're playing the game. You're not like, 
you're 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 taking the steps to play the game as opposed to trying to see hope for the best outcome. Yep. And I think with you know, and I think with a lot of people too, like they 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 may have uh oh I play fantasy because I can't play like real sports anymore, like physically. So they like the competitiveness of this. And it's like yeah. if if you're in that boat, like tie it back to sports. Like you didn't win every fucking game, you know. You didn't hit sure. every shot in basketball. You didn't hit. You didn't bat a thousand, you know. Um, but it was yeah. always fun. Like I had moments in sports, like where, you know, I wanted to take my bat and fucking break things. You know, that's 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 just the way it is. Or I hit a pop up and a base is loaded. I I used to throw my fucking bat, and my brothers used to like tell me, "Yo, like." Yeah, they were my coaches at a lot of my levels. Like, don't fucking do that, you know? Like, yeah, I was so yeah. mad. It's like, I get it. Like, you fucking mad. You want to scream. It's 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 not fun seeing your guy get shelled at, you know? But you have no control for that. You have no control over yeah, guys getting exactly. hurt. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to fade all the velocity gainers. Sure, do whatever you want. Like, but <laughs> And then when you do that next year, and if there's another problem, you can't just, like, say, oh, like, I don't know. It's just... Have fun, yeah. Totally, like. And if it's not for you, then stop playing. It's, it's as simple yeah. as that. No one's gonna give a shit if you fucking stop playing. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. no one cares. It's true. No it's one true. cares. Life goes on for people, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's like you're not yeah. Cal Ripken retiring. Like you know, you're some mo <laughs> like me and you playing fantasy that's not gonna play anymore. All right, great. You know, like yeah, I'll yep. find something else. Like. I'll just read a book, right? But books can suck too, right? <laughs> you don't know until you start reading. I just book sucks. All right. Well, that's a yep. bad that's a bad event too. Like, I don't know. So yep. I think it's just a, a microcosm of society and the world right now. Just is everything gets um so like hyper focused on the now and Amplified. these little moments. Yeah. You know, it's like, look at all this bad stuff that's happened in the world. Like this stuff has been happening all the time, but now people have their phones out all the time filming it. You know, it's like these events have always occurred in life. And now we see them all, you know? Um, so it's yeah. just everything's getting hyper focused. I asked you, my buddy sent me this video um of DeMar DeRozan talking about because I think they totally aside from basketball, but this is a life rant right now. But anyway, um, because I think LeBron James t was saying like how his son is already better than some NBA players. And DeMar DeRozan was like, he's probably right. He goes, because there's a lot of guys in the league that stink. <laughs> and he's like, only because they take it granted and they don't have fun and they don't ever try to get better. Like they just feel entitled. And he said it's a lot of the younger kids that feel entitled because they just get in the league because their boy told them that they were nice. And um, and it's like, so, I don't know, it hit me hard because, like, um, that's really a lot of the world now. You know, it's like mm -hmm. um, I should have this and I should have that and I don't have to work hard for anything. And that's just not the way it works. So have fun. Like, you know, um, maybe – Maybe do less leagues, you know, or maybe play in less less volume leagues. Uh, I know, like some people, we pay a lot of money to play these high stakes league, but we do it for a reason. Like, like you said, like the process is fun for me. Like, I love drafting. I love the prep for it. I love talking to people on the podcast, getting advice, and talking about their like all that is fun, and I love it. Yeah, and like the whole, like you said, the process, like. 
I don't know. It's just like a thing that clicks, like especially starting on Fridays, like on Friday night, they do my pod with Modica and yep. um, like Saturday, it's like, boom, I wake up, I post it. I go into right into my fabs, you know, and like, I love that little stretch and it's strenuous. It's a lot of work Saturday and Sunday. My wife's looking at me like I'm fucking nuts, but it's fun, you know, like I like yeah. it. <laughs> And yeah. my teams aren't doing great. I'm going fourth in one main event, sixth. My two auction leagues are seventh and eighth. My two most expensive leagues I've ever played in, I'm in seventh and eighth. Of course I want to be doing better, you know? Like, but I'm not going to quit. Like, I'm not even Yeah, I mean, it's also, it. it's, like, it's even... May 18th. It's May 18th, so it's right, like. Here's you another got, thing. You got... You're right. You're 100% right, Dom. And there's one thing I wanted to say is that one of the best tools that I scrape, one of the best piece of data that I scrape every year from the NFBC site is the snapshot of your team stand of your league standings from week one to 26 left to right. Right. So you see your mm -hmm. team 96, you know, 82, 102 every single week. So I do every single league and I look back last year. Right. And I was like, it's just, a, again, it's just a reminder, but one of my leagues in my main event that I finished third in, um, in the second week of the year, I went up to, I was at a hundred points and never went below a hundred points the rest of the season. And, but I came in third. It was like really close tied for second. Um, and in my other league, my other main, um, 75 points, right. In week five, week eight, 79, week nine, 82, whatever. Boom, boom, boom. And then I realized like, Oh shit. Like, I was here last year at the same point, not to say I'm going to do it again, but like I climbed my way into second place and it took me 20 fucking weeks to get there. Right. And it's possible. And those snapshots, those, those like that data I save and like I save a tab for each team with the, you know, the voto stats, the, the categories. And I have that at the bottom and I look at it and I looked at it when we were having discussion, our little chat, like, and um, I used it as, a tool to tell everybody else like, Hey, um, it's still early. Like there's a reason, like you said, trust that process. And that, that those things excite me, man. Like really grinding out victories um, or not even victory, just showing improvement. Right. Yeah. Um, just like, Oh, I gained 20 points in fucking 20 weeks. Like it doesn't seem like a lot, but a point a week will, will get you up into the, the standings. To, that's all you want to be. It's competitive because you don't want to give up. But anyway, the rant's over, but it's early and it's fun. You know, have some fun, have some drinks and fucking just calm the fuck down. Yeah. Agreed. Go to the go to the dispensary and smarten up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, this has always been fun, Dom. Doing a great job. Really appreciate you doing this with me. Um, I'm learning a lot from you this year as well. Um, and uh, I'm glad we made this link and and are doing this. It's a nice um, nice fresh look into this like this new segment too. Like looking ahead, I think it's helping me getting into. Uh, the week a little better and i also think it gives people a little bit of a coolest in on the second half of the show kind of looking ahead and talking about different things besides who we just got last week yeah yeah i i, I think i agree especially with when we're recording it you know like we're doing it tuesdays and wednesday nights so you know yep. at this point when it's wednesday night people are going to hear it on thursday um what good is hearing who we picked up on sunday night like i think i think the look ahead 
aspect of it is really good and and yeah i like i like bringing uh up discussion points and picking your brain and seeing how you think about different aspects of the game because uh like you know it ma it's making me better i can i can already see the um the results of you know just changing my perspective on certain aspects of the game so um yeah i'm really enjoying it awesome man cool and thanks to everyone for listening you could find dom's work at bullpen guru on twitter twitter and Twitter <laughs> and also and also at reliever recon um another patreon you should definitely hit up besides mine as well the pull hitter patreon join both of them and we'll lead you into fantasy success for the rest of the season but uh with that being said thanks for listening all right thanks rob later later all right y'all thanks for listening to another episode of the pull hitter podcast Thanks to everyone who was kind enough to take a couple seconds out of their day to leave a rating and review. And for all the support in the Meatball Mafia, Pull Hitter Patreon family, appreciate. I'm truly grateful for all the fans and everyone who loves to listen to the podcast and anyone who can provide actionable advice to. And with that being said, continue to not being a bag of shit.